0: There are a million ways to make money in the food service industry. You just have to find one. On the Titans of Food Service podcast, I interview real life movers and shakers in the food game who cut through all the noise to get to the top. My name is Nick Portillo and welcome to the Titans of Food Service podcast. Let's jump right into it. Shout out to all you food service titans out there. This is the Titans of Food Service Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick Portillo. Today, we spread a little holiday cheer before we all depart for the long Christmas weekend by welcoming none other than my professional partner in crime, my dad and mentor, John Portillo. As we gather around the podcast hearth for our Christmas extravaganza, I've invited a guest who not only knows the ins and outs of the food service industry, but also understands the true essence of the season. My dad joins me to share his love for food, family, and the magic of the holidays. So, whether you're a seasoned chef, a food aficionado, or just someone craving a dose of holiday joy, join us in the Merry Celebration. Get ready for a podcast feast that will leave your taste buds tingling and your hearts warmed with the spirit of the season. All right, Dad, welcome back to the Titans of Food Service podcast. I think this is our second episode together. This is season two of Titans of Food Service. Thanks for coming on.
1: Absolutely. Been looking forward to it. I can't believe it. Uh, what a year it's been.
0: What a year it's been. Yeah, I know, right? Well, we, well, I like to start off with, and I know you didn't want to do this part because it's you don't know what questions i going to ask you, but this is the fiery five food service questions. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's go. So everything has a holiday spin to it. This is our Christmas episode. This will air uh, the week before the long Christmas weekend. So here we go. Here we go. All right. Question number one. What is one Christmas food you just can't go without? C's candy. Seize candy. Okay. <laughs>
1: okay. Ever since I was a kid, my grandfather used to bring a box home, and he'd bring a, a two-pound box for the entire family and put it on the table before Christmas even started, and we'd eat have that box all day long.
0: Cease candy. Amazing. C's candy. What a great business, too. You know, oh, it's yeah. just simple. There's, it seems simple, at least. And I, I think uh, Warren Buffett owns it or something. But yeah. they, they do a nice job there. And they've been around forever. Mm-hmm. And good quality, good service, good quality. So. If you could invite one person, either alive or historical, to join us on Christmas Day, who would that be and why? Wow, that's a big question there. I'm not sure if we're going to answer the
1: question. I'll do my very best. Something that pops in my mind. I'd like to have Elf there from the movie Elf. Oh, Will Ferrell (laughs) from Elf. I'd like to have Arnold Schwarzenegger there from Jingle All the Way. Yeah. And the Cranks, uh, Mr. Crank.
0: Crank. Nice.
1: Just I'd like to have
0: some characters make the, the day lively. Totally. Let's rank some movies. You just mentioned some movies. So rank these five movies without knowing what comes next. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Santa Claus, one. Three. Elf. Two. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. One. Wow. Jingle All the Way. Four. Christmas with the Cranks. Five. So we've got National Lampoons, Christmas Vacation number one, Elf two, Santa Claus three, Jingle all the way four, Christmas with the Cranks number five. I like Christmas with the Cranks. It's Carly and I we always start the holiday season with that movie. It's an easy one. It's only yeah. like an hour and hour and a half. It's, it's just a nice all the, you all know, it's a fun just
1: make us feel good. They go back to our original roots as individuals. It makes us just feel like happy holidays. Let's go.
0: Totally. Totally. Okay, next question. What is the one Christmas food you just? Oh wait, I already asked that question. Yeah. You said seized candies. I'm getting all my questions mixed up here today. You're putting me on the spot. I'm on the uh, the hot seat here. Good. What's your favorite food for Christmas? My favorite food for Christmas. I'll tell you a side dish that I love. It's canned cranberries. Oh, it's it's kind of random, and I know we have them for Thanksgiving as well.
1: Yes.
0: And I don't think – I don't know what the heck they put in those, but it's just like gelatinous goodness, and I just love it. <laughs> uh,
1: Do you like the one that's gelled or it's a it's perfectly sim, uh, cylinder product?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. The, yeah, and you slice it. I'd say that's my favorite side dish. My favorite main dish is I love when we get uh, honey-baked hams. Oh, big time, yes. For you, are there any special holiday traditions or rituals you follow when it comes to the meal for Christmas?
1: Uh, what I've really try to follow for the Christmas, which I think is so important, I just want to make my home a welcome to everyone. So I'll put out a fruit and vegetable plate in the morning first thing, lots of hot coffee, maybe a little pastry for everyone. Uh, I like to start that in the morning and then later on throughout the day, a few snacks, a few fun things. And then with a meal, I do like a turkey or a ham. Ham is always one of my favorites with all the sides. I just want to make sure that we have stuffing and uh, cornbread, stuffing, bread, uh, maybe corn, maybe green beans, Brussels sprouts, and obviously cranberries with a little gravy on the side, mashed potatoes. Nice.
0: Yeah. Are there any international or cultural influences that find their way into your holiday menu planning? Absolutely. Love – Hispanic,
1: you know, being Hispanic ourselves, the tamales. There's many years that we'll do a, uh, what I'll call a Mexican theme. We'll have enchiladas, uh, tamales, tacos. Uh, We'll have some other additional items into the meal, but it's great. Also Italian is always a winner. Uh, Manicotti, lasagna, uh, all kinds of uh, different items that they prepare on the dessert side. It's just unbelievable. But I do like to change it up a little bit, just for,
0: you know, just being spontaneous. Okay. Okay. Looking back on 2023, what are some moments, either personally or professionally, that you're proud of? You know what I'm most proud of this last year,
1: personally, is my ability to understand and, you know, redevelop myself. I took a lot of time this last year working on listening, whenever possible, better, more detail, understanding the question better. And then with my response and or written response or answers, much more to the point. To the point, hmm. I don't waste time. I want to be very articulate. I want to be very thought provoking, but I also want to act, uh, ask for results and action uh, for next steps. I had heard recently, obviously I've heard in your podcast that you want to respond optimally within five minutes. And that oh, is like true. a follow up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A follow up.
1: Without a doubt. That is the most important thing to do is to have the follow up. There's so many times that people go into big events. They prepare a month worth of work possibly or weeks and then they go into the event and they're not prepared and they don't follow up for like a month. What's that all about? People want to know today. They need to be able to close their books today. They want to close that project out. They've got many vendors, many clients you're dealing with dealing with many customers, many sales reps and so forth. They need a response today right now. So if you don't have a response to give to them within five minutes after you leave, don't set the meeting, don't show up. It's not worth it. You're going to waste their time and your time and have to start from the beginning every time, every time you meet with them.
0: I love you're getting all fired up. A little context for those listening along, I, I, my last episode, make sure to go check it out, the top 10 nuggets that I learned from my season one of the Titans of Food Service podcast. There was a conversation I had, and it was around uh, differentiating yourself as a salesperson, and it was around follow up. And a lot of times in the food service world, let's say at a food show, we have a great conversation with a customer. And they're very excited about the products that you're showing or your conversation, whatever it was. And that salesperson will wait to maybe the end of the day, but most likely maybe the end of the week or the following week or maybe, as you mentioned, a month later. And that conversation just goes stale. That customer goes and has other conversations and then they get bombarded with follow-up. And so one way to stick out from the rest of the crowd is to say, at the end of the conversation, just step aside and send them a quick text or send them a quick email or whatever it is. Just say, thank you for the, you know, for, for your time. I'll be in touch. And that way, the next time you look down at their phone or their inbox, you're sitting in there ready to go. That was kind of the, the context around yes.
1: that. I, I noticed a, a lot of reps sometimes they'll take the CRM tool and they'll respond back to the corporate office, which they work with, or local regional office. But that's not enough. We're talking about actual relationship development and building requires touching and talking with that customer directly and so that response time is so crucial there's been times i have even myself i'll wait a week the opportunity was gone like that fast i did nothing wrong yeah. things got in the way i was very busy but i did not take the time to get myself focused and get the right message out quickly enough and that ended up hurting me so don't do that whenever you can respond <laughs> effectively and immediately that's a tone for everyone else. Effectively
0: to Effectively, immediately. I love that. <laughs> if it takes, whatever it takes. I
1: just, I just want to respond to people within reason. Uh, we yeah, have two sure. good regional managers that we work with, and they just have a good way of responding back. Maybe they're within the yeah. day or within the hour, but they just respond back consistently, and they're very good at what they do, very good at what they do.
0: When you look back at your career – Actually, just I, another question just popped in my head, and I'm very curious. I, I'm going to take a quick segue. Okay. If you look at the decades of your professional career, okay. so let's say you, we'll go with your teens, you started working in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, and now 50s, what decade would you say was your favorite? My 30s. Well, in don't... my
1: 30s, I was already done with my education. I was starting to move up the corporate ladder, so to speak, with my initial company that, at that time. And what I had learned is going about things a different way. I'd always thought I was always a hard charger and would not wait for things to happen, make them happen. And once I began to sit back a little bit and develop a relationship that took time, it had a much better result on the other end. So between my 30s and 40s, I would say it was my best. Today, as I'm older, the frustration I may have in the same situation is I have all the time in the world and it takes a little longer as well, but my mind
0: gets anxiety if I try to rush it too much. It happens mm. all the time. Yeah, no, I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. In your in your career, what is is there one food service sale that comes to your mind that was significant to you that you just remember? Even if you sold just one case to somebody or you sold a a billion cases to somebody, is there one sale that sticks out to you as as something that you cherish?
1: You know, I had so many of them, to be honest with you, and they're all great and they're all, you know, impactful. They might be important to me, maybe not to another, but there was one I can remember. When I started the brokerage business, uh, one of the first things I did when I came across the center place specialist at uh, a family owned company. They had an account we were working on and it was Subway at that time. Yeah. And the business here was not able to get that business. They were expanding across the nation. Now here they are, you know, 30,000 restaurants or so. And they were frustrated because they wanted to move a, a pre-sliced meat product into the into the stores, and before they had slicers. So I'd been listening to the rep next to me at the desk next to me for a couple of weeks, frustrated, not able to get into that account. I said, "Let me ask a question. If I get into an the account and sell it, would I be able to get that account from you?" And that person said, "Yeah, go ahead. You might as well try it. I can't get in there." I said, "Okay, but if I get this account, it's my account." They said, "Yes." I said, "Okay." So I created my strategy, took about two weeks to really develop uh, a thoughtful process to go in there, a thoughtful process to uh, attack that business and give them reassurance in why this this bold move of going away from slicers, maybe 30,000 slicers nationwide, nationwide to a pre-slice product would be a great option for a subway. So I worked here in the local Western United States uh, with their, had five different district managers at that time. I had a meeting with them, presented my position, thought-provoking question, closed the sale, opportunity, and I just sat quiet. They said, we'll get back to you. I said, I'll wait outside. They said, what? You wait outside? I said, you guys should make this decision in forty-five minutes. We're right, right outside. So that very that very stop and stall right there ended up pushing them to make that decision instead of getting back to me two weeks later and blowing me off completely. And that sale ended up being truckloads, truckloads, of product to the West Coast of Uh, what they call BMTs and ham. Corando was the product I was selling at that time. It was a company that was a great company, great brands, but they had real no, they really had no presence in food service at that time. We put them on the map like that, like that. It was unbelievable.
0: Wow. That's incredible. I look at Subway now, they're all over the place. They're on every corner, kind of like Starbucks. They're a good size chain. That's definitely where they're at, yes. For sure. Looking to the future of your career, what is something that you still want to accomplish that you haven't yet accomplished? You know
1: what? uh, Throughout my entire career, I've really focused on people, on my own team members, and trying to develop them. I think there's more development of the individuals. I'd like to see people work for our business at some point, be able to go on to other companies and or with our company and become vice presidents, directors, senior leadership in all types of companies and business. The previous company I'd left, I did just that. Most of those people that are out there in the industry today are vice presidents and directors, and they're doing a great job. They've earned it. They've, we were just a stepping stone for them, but it was a great impact that we had. So, I would say the biggest thing ahead of me is still people development. I love winning with people, right? It's giving them the ability to succeed and spend time with them and teach them what I can help them with to watch them just flourish. It's just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, amazing. Tell everyone listening along what you're up to. I know you step away from our day-to-day business, Portillo Sales and Marketing, as Christmas approaches, and you step into a different business for a few days. I got a little background on that.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what I do during the holidays? Uh, I'm very much into family. And so with that family decision and commitment, I work in my brother's store. He has a small store here in uh, the city of Fullerton, my brother Bill. And I work a couple days during Thanksgiving, a couple days during Christmas, and maybe some other times throughout the year just to help out in the store because they get so busy. These people come in uh, many miles. I've even had customers a couple hundred miles just to pick a product from that store uh, one time a year for the holidays for their family meals. And so I do it at no charge. I keep the team engaged. I do things differently and hopefully energize those team members that my brother has on the floor there because there's 10 members. He can't watch them all but I'm here to help him do all that type of business. And we are all about service, quality, and the uh presentation and the relationship that we develop. So it's it's a, something I really enjoy all the time to do.
0: What's the big item that and for those listening, he's a, a meat market. Yes, gem Meats. And so he sells gem meats in Fullerton, little plug there. What are some of the the highest uh moving items typically for Christmas?
1: You know he does a,
0: a stockpot
1: shrimp, which is amazing. He it's a handmade product that they they make right in the store. It takes time they prepare it, and you actually get a nice uh, fresh shrimp from the product being prepared. People who take that home; it's almost like homemade. It's unbelievable. The other item they're really focused on is prime ribs, obviously, and turkeys. They do a lot of business. But the other thing with the the store, which I that I find amazing, is it's the small things that they need. The small handcrafted items they make a twice-baked potato. It's unbelievable. They probably sold this year over 10,000 of those little guys, a pre-stuffed uh, twice-baked potato. It's unbelievable. There's not any other place I've been to that makes this item ever. And they perfect it. And they make it by hand from scratch. It's over the top. Over the top.
0: If you were to make a guess on how many people come into the store in those two days, three days leading up to Christmas, what do you think it would be?
1: <sighs> i must say hundreds. I'm going to say hundreds, hundreds. When you open the doors at 10 in the morning, let's say it's the three or four days before Thanksgiving, three or four days before Christmas, there's already a line outside. of About 40, 50 people just waiting to try to get in the store. People have called on the phone weeks in advance trying to put orders. We're looking through two or 300 pages during that month or two of just orders to try to put up every day. It's insane. But it's a great success. It's a, it's a good feeling. You feel like you accomplished something. And this customer come back over and over because they got what they needed. It was amazing. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it, it seems like, you know, that place is, it's one that's been there for over 40 years. Yes. Gem Meats. And it has become part of many families' tradition to buy their, their meats from and their and their groceries from uh Gem Meats for the, for whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever it is. And as you mentioned, they come from all over mm-hmm. to enjoy that experience.
1: And I'll tell you what the other thing is, there are people that came first generation, second generation. Now the third generation is starting to come to the store. It's
0: amazing. That's cool. That's way cool. That's way cool. Well, Dad, that's all I got for you today. This is our Christmas edition, our holiday special. I just want to say thank you for coming on. Thank you for a great 2023. And I know we, we had a lot of fun here on the podcast. A lot of learnings, a lot of fun conversations. I appreciate you coming back on. And let's go kick some butt in 2024 and make it an even better year. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everyone.